0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another Beauty in Strength show. So I sit down in person with Vanessa Fowler, who is the sister of Alison Baden Clay, who tragically lost her life to domestic violence. Vanessa also helps run the Alison Baden Clay Foundation, whom I'm an ambassador for. I felt so privileged to sit down with her in person and hear her side of the story, and also hear what the Alison Baden Clay Foundation is up to. Hi Vanessa, welcome to the Beauty and Strength show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Now you are the founder of the Alison Bain and Clay Foundation, whom I've been ambassador for for I think about three years now, Mm -hmm. and it's been such an amazing journey and I've seen the organization grow from day one, and you've probably seen Beauty and Strength grow from day (laughs) one as well. Now I'll... You've experienced losing your sister to domestic violence, something that I'm massively passionate about and I really want to get this out to our community and to the world, the impact that it has on us. Now, how did that impact you when it happened and how does it have an impact on you in today's life? Well, uh, obviously, uh, it was devastating to lose your sister
1: and... Of course seeing my parents and my family go through the whole process was very traumatic Um, I personally um, I kept a lot of it inside um, and dealt with it internally Um, we did have um, support through counselors um, but I really felt um, really quite devastated for My three nieces who had ultimately lost their mother but also in the end lost their father as well who um, was convicted of murder. So it was a very busy time in that we were given the three girls to care for and in the beginning my parents and I really didn't have the opportunity to grieve because we were so busy taking care of the three girls, um, going through all of the legal process, the family law courts, the criminal justice system, and our minds were very focused on the whole legal process and caring for the girls that we kind of put ourselves last in that process. Of course, I had my own family, I had my own children, and I also had to care for them as well. So uh, in the whole whole scheme of things, It was very chaotic. Uh, And um, what helped me through was the fact that I was busy. Mm. Uh, I had, I had a, I felt that it was my obligation to assist my parents in this, in the caring of the three girls. They had already raised three children and they were enjoying retirement. So for them, it was a very hard process to relocate from their retirement home on the Gold Coast to now becoming active pseudo-parents and the parental guardians of three young girls. So dealing with my three nieces' emotional state as well as our own was, was a very
0: difficult time. Mm, I can only imagine. So how long after... Did you start putting yourself first? Or you may not even be doing that now. <laughs> How long after do you go, okay, I realize and recognize that there's stuff going on for me. What am I going to do to start looking after myself so I can still be there for my own family as well as my nieces?
1: Well, you know, immediately we um, we were advised to, to get the, the my three nieces uh, counseling, which mm-hmm. we did. And it was quite some time after that that my parents and I then... Decided that we needed somebody to talk to. We needed somebody to offload to, Mm. Uh, and so we did seek counselling. My parents still do seek counselling. I've um, I seem to think that I've gained everything that I can, and and I'm going to deal with it on my own. I think part of the process for me was the fact that we started the foundation, and. I think that was a healing process and part of the healing process for me Mm. in that I was able to assist my parents in saying, right, well, this has happened to us, let's pay it forward and help other people. And, you know, with the community behind us, you know, together we decided that we were going to start the foundation and actually try and make a difference and, and help save other women's lives. So... For me, the foundation and its busyness and that focus has kept me moving forward. Mm.
0: And um, it goes to show how much resilience that you've had through this process. And I can totally see how building the foundation that spreads such a larger message to the community Mm. can help heal that. I personally can relate to that as well. So you mentioned that you got support through counselling. Now, through my experience and some other women who I've spoken to that are going through a healing process, they feel sometimes that the counsellors or psychologists may not understand their situation. How was your experience going down that road? Yes,
1: it, it was a difficult one because I guess we, I've always said that you know our family is very private, and particularly I'm very private, so I don't like to share my inner thoughts Mm. and so I think it was it was very much um I think that the council was looking for somebody in a situation that fit into the box and every situation is different Mm. and of course with our situation uh you know there were three young girls who were now without parents and our family were supporting each other yet there was still that misunderstanding about what I really needed in that I was being pulled in lots of different ways I was being pulled to help with uh with my parents and help with the care of the, my three nieces I was also being pulled by my own family to care for my own children uh the foundation was just being established I was kind of like the center of the wheel and I I was being pulled in lots of different situations and I'm not sure that the psychologist really understood what I was going through and the stresses and the strains of everyday life that I was dealing with. Mm. Um, so that's why I think, as I said before, I kind of withdrew from that, uh, you know, business like one on one uh, kind of conversation and felt that I was going to handle it on my own mm. because I didn't re- really think that they understood what I was telling them Mm. and what I really wanted from them Mm -hmm.
0: so how do you then handle that on your own like obviously in your mind you're talking to yourself and you're giving yourself cues and thoughts and little phrases that you're doing was there anything practically that you had to apply to your daily life that helped you through that because you were getting through it on your own I was um Mm.
1: I think that there's a lot of self-talk yes as you said um, there's a lot of self-talk and a lot going through your mind. I think it was, for me, I needed a place to go and just be away from everyone. And I think that the fact that we had the memorial at the bridge
0: mm.
1: where Alison was found was a place where I could go and talk to her. And I think that that was really comforting for me sure. to be able to go there and know that that was the last place that she was. We found her there and that I felt close to her so I was able to talk with her there. Mm. So that's a, for me, is a place of
0: of solace, yeah, I sure. guess. Mm. And is that something you still do today? Yeah. Wow, yes. that's beautiful, and that's part of the healing, isn't it? Is finding your way, and that's very different to another family members. That would be very different to the kids of finding your way that's going to work for you, absolutely. Too, so you feel at peace, so you feel connection, and part of the healing as well. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, I know uh, some of Allison's friends. Uh, and my parents uh, go to the little church at Brookfield, uh, where Allison worshipped, and they have a memorial garden there, and so they feel that that's mm. their place to go. So everybody mm. deals with things differently, but for sure yeah. for me, uh, if I can't get to the memorial at, at the Colo Bridge, uh, I certainly have lots of inner thoughts lots of self-talk so that's the way yes. that I really deal with it on an, on a day-to-day
0: basis yes is uh, my inner and I talk to her yeah yeah I, I relate to that yeah. yes so when you talk about your inner thoughts because I think this is this is a big topic that some don't really understand or can take for granted is that those inner thoughts can affect our mood our actions how we eat how we talk the relationships we have yes and if we let that negative overpower us how do you then like flip it over to the other side or go i acknowledge that thought but this is what i'm going to do do you have that self-inner talk going on or how would you navigate your way through that
1: well oh, i talk um I, I talk and process a lot at night mm-hmm. so um yes yeah, sleep is a privilege <laughs> <laughs> uh so you know at night is kind of um when i'm i have a lot of deep thought and you know there's calm in the house there's peace in the house and uh, there's no interruptions so i do process a lot at night and um i guess that's my time to bundle everything up process it and then when the sun comes up I flip and I'm like, you know, into the day, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm always, um, I guess, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And, and so I look for signs that I'm on the right path. Mm. Uh, So I'm constantly analyzing things that are happening and thinking, "Hmm, well, there's a sign that must mean that I'm doing the right thing or I'm you know especially with the foundation and with my my children and with you know Allison's children and my parents and I'm always looking for those those little things that grab my attention and I think that's something that I need to focus on and that's a positive and if that's a positive then I'm, I'm moving in the right direction so mm, sure
0: so how does a family stay very emotionally connected and connected in general after experiencing what you have been through like you've got your parents you've got your nieces you've got your own family i know for me personally there's been a sister that has gone through some fairly traumatic abuse and we didn't necessarily come together stronger in these events Mm. now through your experience how does a family stay connected through these times without going the opposite direction and that may happen at some point but how do you come back together
1: well we're a very large family our extended family is quite large and, and we've had you know great support from everyone and uh you know we've moved back to the area where we grew up and so our family and extended family are there so they're all around us um that's not to say we didn't go through tough times sure. you know i mean as a parent myself um i saw my parents now bringing up my three nieces and you know there are some things that you know we we disagreed on as far as uh, parenting styles you know I think that my parents now realize that bringing up three girls in this mm-hmm. decade and this era is certainly different from when they brought us up you know many many years ago uh, of course technology is one of the main differences but um you know we've had some conflict around you know um the privileges uh, and the advantages that these three children have been given along the way and the excuse is well they don't have any parents to Mm. you know um guide them and you know so we're going to give them everything and every opportunity and so Uh, you know when you compare to other families it's like well you know look at what look at the discipline look at the the um, privileges that other families are giving and this is what you know these three girls and I understand that you know people want to help they want to give these girls the world because they've lost their parents Mm. and so um, there was a little bit of you know up and down through through the years uh but of course you know they were teenagers and you know they welcomed any latest technology and any you know all of that kind of stuff that went through um but we've come together and I think that you know everybody put up their hand to help us and we've become stronger there are you know some members of the family that have drifted away but um Most of our family have stayed together and really supported, you know, the three girls. And uh, I think for me, uh, I knew right from the start that one of my jobs was to support my parents Mm -hmm. in the care of the three girls. Because, as I said, their parenting occurred many many years ago and so you know they're 80 now and they're still raising these three girls and you know to to have been retired and travelling overseas and being involved in their own you know church groups and things like that in the, in on the gold coast it was difficult for them to just leave their friends behind and and come and now re-establish themselves as parents of three young girls they wouldn't have wanted it any other way given the circumstances um and they did it because of their love for Alison and their love for the three girls and they continue to do that today but it's been very difficult but I know that myself and 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 other members of our family have not wavered in our support and we've just that's our resolve is to support my parents through this very difficult
0: time. That's mm. such a big mission. It is. It mm. is. And you but know so worth it. The girls, so
1: yeah, the girls are, are are getting older now, so they're getting yeah. a lot more independent and mm-hmm. and so the job is getting a little easier. Mm-hmm. although the stresses now turn from <laughs> you know, all of the, the schooling uh issues to driving and yeah. you know new relationships mm-hmm. and and then so, just, so now we have a new focus yeah
0: <laughs> and that's a good way of putting it it's just a new focus at a this new focus. Yeah. a new challenge <laughs> a good way to like just put it over the top yes. so how important do you think it is for men and women children young adolescents and adults to become aware of the signs of domestic and family of violence and abuse in general
1: well I think it's very very important you know Time after time, we see incidents you know occurring you know hannah clark mm-hmm. and and just recently you know the the woman that lost her life in the fire and and so there's so many high profile cases that hit the media these days and and I just feel sick in the stomach that you know even though after all of the work that we have done in raising awareness and highlighting the issues of domestic violence and the abuse that goes on, this is still occurring. Yeah. And um, I think it's very important that we educate not only adults in the workplace, within the community, but I think it's very important that we educate young people, Mm. children that are just finishing school, um, just to educate them on the signs to look for uh, both men and women You know, if we can educate the male, the young men as well, to know what not to do, Mm. but then also educate the women into what to look for, what to look for. And uh, I think that the seed of abuse is gender inequality Mm. in the fact that men feel that they have the power to control others. And where do they get that from? Mm. They get that from a very early young age when they are taught that they are superior to that young girl who's sitting with them at school. So I think it's very important that we start with the education process and we, before they leave school, so that they can go
0: out into the real world and understand exactly what abuse is. Mm. I agree and that's how we can actually change the cycle is through the kids and the next generation that's coming through because once we are an adult we've had these experiences we are programmed and conditioned to feel, see, believe a certain way where unfortunately that is potentially too late and you have the next Mm -hmm. generation coming through who are watching their parents and repeating everything that they see at home or caught up in environments at school, other kids, social media... And other influences that are influencing and impacting their behaviour. It's embedded, it's embedded in in our schools and in our sporting Mm.
1: clubs. And, you know, I think that we really do need to break the cycle. And if we can change the culture within the community and within the schools, that, you know, that will then, you know, break the cycle as we move Mm. forward and bring in this
0: new generation of thinking. Mm. I think that's very important. Definitely. Now, part of the Alison Bain and Clay Foundation, they have a program called MATE, Mm -hmm. and that's incorporated in with Griffith
1: University. That's right. Yes, we've partnered with Griffith University, and we're calling our program Alison's Gift because it incorporates Alison's story and basically shares the details and the intricacies of of what she was going through, Mm. uh, which were behind closed doors, and you know, as a family, we were looking for the physical signs, and there weren't any physical signs because all of it was coercive control behind the scenes, so it was the manipulation and the intimidation and, and all of that that went on behind the scenes. So we are passionate about telling her story, and we've decided that we ha- have rolled out this Alison's Gift program through Griffith University into the corporate space, and we're also looking at community forums. And uh, we just really want to share our message about mm. this is Alison's story. This is what she went through. If, any, if you can recognize any of this, yeah. then a- as a bystander, you can intervene and you can break the cycle and you can help support that person that's vulnerable. Mm. So it's very important for us to share our message through Alison's program and we're also at the moment looking at developing uh, bystander presentations for schools as well and sporting organizations That's we're amazing. currently talking with sporting organizations wow. um throughout the community and we started with uh, netball and hockey and soccer mm-hmm. so you know we're, we're really pleased to be able to incorporate both young girls and mm-hmm. young men mm-hmm. in a lot of these programs so Getting into the schools and the sporting organisations is where we feel we're going to make a difference. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, obviously, we can't talk to young children um, the same way that we're going to talk to workplace yeah. employees yeah. and and you know employers and big corporations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're 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 looking at different language and, sure. and talking about different
0: language that and, they can relate and yeah. But you with... know, the,
1: the whole idea of respect. Yep. The whole idea of equality—it's mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. No matter you're talking to corporates or you're talking to, you know, young women
0: or young teenagers. Sure. So, so, what impact have those programs made already into the community? We have had tremendous
1: uh, results from sh- sharing Alison's story through our programs, and we've had a lot of disclosures. Mm-hmm. It's very important for us to know that we have got people in place. At these uh, workshops and training programs, that when someone does recognise and the signs, and it becomes very real for them, mm-hmm. that we have somebody there that supports them, uh, and we've had many, many disclosures yeah. um, of people sitting in the room, and uh, you know we've we've had people approach the foundation and say that after hearing Alison's story, after going to one of our workshops, that. Um, i've left my relationship or i've managed as a parent i've managed to get my my daughter or my son out of a relationship you've saved their lives so how does that feel for you <laughs> amazing mm. <laughs> amazing that we've been able to save a life so that mm. was our goal
0: so. yeah and it's being achieved you yeah know. and even when people aren't in that workshop specifically or at that event it is still creating a ripple effect people are still watching from the outside because one thing that happens to victims and women and men too that they may not be in the safest environment to pick up the phone to attend an event but they can have a conversation with someone they might see something on social media that just triggers their brain and plant that seed yes. and hopefully build that courage over time to be, to get out of these situations. So that's a, that's a big thing for you, and yes. I'm glad you take that moment to go to breathe, to start breathing, Yes. but sit in that space and go, okay, I'm I'm part of the change, mm. I've created the change, and it's out of unfortunate circumstances, but I am doing something about it. And the community is hearing about it. That's for sure. Yeah, and at <laughs>
1: times it's very difficult. But mm. you know, when you hear stories like that, it gives you more motivation to move on, for sure. So we just have to continue our work, and and you know, as a foundation, you know, um, I represent, you know, many board members. But mm. you know, we're being asked now to to be on a lot of national advisory panels and uh, government. Uh, working groups and and particularly with uh, I'm currently on the uh, respectful relationships mm-hmm. education advisory panel and we're looking at uh, embedding gender equality and working on the gender drivers and all of those kinds of things and actually adding that to the respectful relationships program that's in schools already so hopefully I'm going to be a part of that rollout and being able to share Resources that we, as a foundation, have, mm-hmm. both to young people and and to uh, to the community groups as well. So, uh, where we're not going anywhere, you know, our foundation is is very much established within within society, and I think that uh, you know people feel comfortable, and those that follow us are, are comfortable with what we're doing, and, and definitely are applauding
0: the the difference that we're making. Sure. Well I've definitely been grateful for being part of that journey as well. Now every year the foundation has hosted a Strive to Be Kind Lunch. Can yes. you tell us about that? Well the Strive to Be Kind Lunch started
1: uh in 2012 actually, the year that Alison passed away. Uh it was started by a couple of her closest friends um because they wanted to share with the community uh, Alison's generosity And her kindness And just Celebrate her life Because she was Such a generous person And so We've continued At that Strive to be kind Lunch uh, Each year now It's held on the Last Friday Of July uh, We chose July Because it was Alison's birth month mm-hmm. And we chose Yellow for the Foundation Because Yellow was One of her Favourite colours uh, It's a very Bright colour mm. And it's a Colour of friendship So uh, we felt that yellow was, was appropriate as as our colour to represent the foundation. So throughout the month of July, we have uh, our, our campaigns running and we have Strive to Be Kind campaign and we always launch a new media campaign during July trying to get businesses and schools and community groups involved and the culmination is our Strive to Be Kind lunch where we have all of our ambassadors mm-hmm. and uh, representatives from the government our patron um Quentin Bryce and Anastasia Palaszczuk the the premier so we have a lot of our our dignitaries on board and it's really our annual fundraiser where we celebrate Alison's life we celebrate the work that the foundation is doing um we love to have speakers come in and share their stories and we thank you for Mm -hmm. being one of those in the past and sharing your story so uh, we're looking forward to this year's strive to be kind lunch which is going mm. to be held at the carlisle mm. in uh, fortitude valley so we're very excited to be able to come back again after such yes. a long time and we we're able to last we're, year. yes and we're we're looking forward to everybody wearing a splash of yellow mm. to celebrate allison and to she- celebrate kindness because we really want everybody to pay it forward and share a random act of kindness throughout the month of July and that's what it's all about so uh, we're hoping that this year will be bigger and better than ever
0: I'm sure it will be yeah any event after last year everyone's coming back yes. you know, stronger than ever yes. and yes. such a great cause I'll definitely be involved in that one so what would be your advice or recommendations to women and men too because they do go through these situations as well yes that are currently in abusive relationships or experiencing abuse that are struggling to get out of it they're navigating their way they understand some signs what would be your advice to them? Well I think the first, the
1: first step is to overcome your fear mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't speak out because they don't have the courage to do so um, not only victims but also bystanders you know, as a bystander, it's very difficult to overcome your fear to actually approach somebody that you think may be going through something. So as a victim, if you're recognizing the signs and you think that think something's just not right, I would encourage you to speak to a friend or speak to a professional. There are a lot of amazing, amazing agencies out there that can assist um, with support. And I think a lot of victims think that if I call 1-800-RESPECT, or I call a women's helpline that there's going to be sirens blazing yeah. and they'll arrive at my house yeah. and they'll they'll pick us up, scoop us out, take mm. the children and we'll all... And there'll be a big fuss. And, and it only make things worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the case. You know, uh, if you make that phone call, if you approach one of these agencies, if you can, uh, they're only there to guide you and support you and to help you. And they can... Uh, develop a plan to help you leave the relationship if that's what you think is best. And Mm. so they're not going to take the control from you. They're going to leave the control with you and you will be the one that will guide them and how they support you. So even as a bystander, you can call one of these agencies and ask for help. Mm. If you suspect that something's going on with a friend or a work colleague... Uh, they're there to give you advice they're there to give you that guidance and support so I think that the first the first piece of advice is really take stock of your position and gain that courage to speak out because all I can say to them is you will be believed Yeah. it's important for everyone to understand that they will be believed and we all need to know
0: that we must believe we must believe what these people are telling us. Very spot on. I like that. So, what's your advice to a family member that has that is going through an experience of their sibling or their parent for them yes. to deal with their own stuff and for their own path of healing?
1: Well, this is something that I can relate to uh, because we were in that situation. You know, my parents and I—we were the bystanders—and I think that's why we're so passionate about. Uh, empowering other bystanders at the moment. It's just we did suspect that uh, there was something wrong, and we did ask the question, you know, on several occasions. And uh, we always said to Alison, if there's something wrong, you make sure you pick up those girls and you come. You know, you have got a place to come. We will support you. Mm-hmm. Um, she never did that, and she her she always said to us. Um, Everything's fine. Mm. I can manage. You know, uh, I think that she was very strong. She was very determined to make her marriage work. She was um, very much um, a proud person. She longed to have a marriage like my parents' marriage. They'd be married 60 years next year she knew um, that her marriage compared to their marriage there was certainly a lot a lot of differences and so I think that through her determination and her courage she decided that she was going to make it work Um, we asked the questions we always got everything's okay or if I tell you this don't tell him that I've told you we just didn't push that little bit further. Mm. And, of course, uh, my parents are old school and brought up with the, um, with the mindset that, well, it's their marriage, you don't interfere with mm. their personal relationship. What goes on behind closed doors is not our business. So we need to mind our own business. But my message to other bystanders now is that you need to make it your business. Yeah. That you do need to step in and not confront the perpetrator, but you need to reach out and support that person that you think may be at risk. Sister, friend, whoever it is, um, definitely make it your business Mm. because we did not make it our business to the point where we were able to step in. Mm, that's really. And important. then now we see the ultimate yeah. consequence.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. So we now have to live with that for the rest of our lives. Mm. Yeah, I can see that, and that's that's a whole other layer of acceptance and working yes. through as well. Yes, so. even for your parents, I'm sure there's a there's a lot there for them.
1: There's Definitely. a lot, there's a lot of, you know, would have, could have, yeah. should have, you if know, only. All of, if only, you know, yeah. what if, yes, Yes. there's a lot of that. We process a lot of that. Uh, and we did, we did do a lot of that, um, and talking about that very early on and, you know, just up until very recently. So mm-hmm. we, we will continue that, that yeah. process of, of, uh, you know, going through all of those things, um
0: for many and the, years. and the larger you know the abc foundation grows the more that helps yes that as well it doesn't necessarily it doesn't forget take it, about it, it doesn't, no, take, it it doesn't take it
1: away but it it helps
0: yeah sure yeah, it helps and what does beauty and strength mean to you <sighs> uh, uh
1: for me beauty and strength means you don't have to be the prettiest girl you don't have to photoshop your photo to go on instagram that you can be so strong because you have inner
0: beauty that's beautiful that's exactly what it is you've just nailed it and you are beauty and strength and you are you are spreading that message as well to a very large community So thank you for being here today and sharing part of your story and opening up about that, but honouring you for taking a stand and putting a stop to family and domestic violence and sharing the education, especially in kids, in the uni. That's a really big step that you were taking on. And we've got you as well, the community and the whole world, we've got you as well. Thank you. So lean on us too. So thank you, Vanessa, for being on the Beauty and Strength show. Thanks for having me. Of course.